Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Big Thoughts, the number one podcast about the Big Ten. Here are your hosts, Spencer Kleinschmidt, Marcus Pierce, and Peter J. Another little shooting shoot the breeze episode. Just hanging out. We got to talk the drama that is all of the PGA Tour because golf is fun right now. Golf's great right now. Um, we got to talk about Julio Jones and what happened with Shannon Sharp. That could potentially be a lot, but whatever. Uh, but anyways, Bruins moved on. You got to be feeling good, Spencer. But first, what's up? How are you doing? Oh, dude. I mean, I'm ready to roll. You know, I always bring the energy. I always make the needle move on big thoughts. Um, obviously, we're kind of chasing after our white whale in uh, Brian Dukes, trying to still get him on the show. So if anybody <laughs> listens and we know somebody might maybe that works at NBC can help us out. I'm pretty sure he went to Purdue. So we got a Big Ten connection there, which that's dope. But yeah, we're trying to chase after our white whale. Uh, I'm doing good. Just got back. Still kind of used to the Pacific time zone. Uh, I got to say, when I was out out in the uh, Pacific Northwest, I was looking for Squatch. <laughs> did not find him, which that that kind of sucks. But um, I woke up every day at about 8 o'clock, which was about 10 o'clock here. So I felt kind of cool about myself. I'm like, oh, I'm feeling good, you know, ready to roll. Go on a nice walk, check out a waterfall, and pretty sweet. So, yeah, I'm doing good, man. And the, the bees move on. So it's a good time to be uh, Spencer, to be SFK right now. Now, you're, you're kind of telling me about this German restaurant or this whole town. Yeah. What? Explain that to me. What the fuck, What was that? Yeah, so we went to this, uh, this town called Leavenworth, and it's not like – the United States military prison in Leavenworth, Kansas. It's the, uh, it's just Leavenworth in Washington. It's just a little like kind of quaint town. That's like surrounded by a big mountain. Um, and yeah, it's just pretty sweet. It's, it's literally like almost somebody picked up like an Austrian, like a Southern German or like Bavaria town and just went boop and plopped it right in Washington. Um, really cool. And they had Little, little pricey, but I mean, you know, you get, you only go out there every couple of times or a couple, maybe a couple of times in your life, maybe the only time in your life. I don't know. So yeah, it was, uh, it was really cool to see. I got a lot of cool pictures. They had some really good ice cream. I got a dual, dual ice cream cone and a waffle cone. It was a coffee flavored and a caramel brownie. So that was pretty good. I'm not going to lie. It was a little mm. dual, a little dual together. And, and, and yeah, what, in one cone or you, you put two ice cream cones together that are two separate flavors. No one. So oh. they take, they take the waffle cone, which yeah. is homemade. Very yeah. good. And then they plop the one you order in the bottom and then the one on top. And it's just a great, it was really tasty. It was really good. So it was cool. And like I said, it had a good like vibe and it was, yeah, great, great time in Leavenworth. Well, I know how my week went so far. <laughs> well, I think I heard it. I think I already know how it went. Yeah. I mean, trust me when I say this is definitely not as cool as yours. Um, so that's awesome. Um, you got to see CJ, man. What up, Jensen? But yeah, on Monday, yeah. Monday night, you know, um, <laughs> just straight up, uh, my building got shot by a nine millimeter on accident, allegedly on accident. Um, so yeah, I'm sitting in my chair at like nine 30 at night on Monday and I had my patio open cause it was pretty nice out second story. Or whatever, it's a patio door oh, wide, wide open. Not natural. to brag, second story balcony. Yeah. <laughs> Woo, living rich. Um, 
<laughs> Actually, if you looked at my balcony, it looks like it's about to fall off the fucking building. <laughs> not great. Not, not, not ideal. But sitting inside my living room, door wide open. And for those of you who have like heard gunshots before versus fireworks, when you're close enough to it, you can tell. You know what I mean? Like you could tell the difference when you're close yeah. when you're close enough to it. So I hear a shot ring out and I freeze. I'm like, oh, holy fuck. I'm like, that's close. I'm like, that's close. And since my door, like, you know, since my door was wide open, my blinds were wide open and I thought it was really close. Yeah. I didn't get up for a second because I didn't know what was going on. I didn't want to walk right in front of my door, you know? So yeah, that makes just, sense. Just, yep. Just, <laughs> yeah. Just one shot, just one shot went off and no cops came. And I figured like, I don't know if shit was going to go down. I thought it was going to go down. So you would have heard more shots. And also fireworks are shot off a lot in my neighborhood. So I heard, you know, you hear one shot and then you're like, oh, am I overthinking it? Or, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or right. whatever. Or maybe just trying to tell yourself that you didn't hear, or, you know, so whatever, no, no cops, no police. Next morning, sitting at my table, open my patio door, cops walking down like my back alley. And I'm like, what the F? Or, you know, just random. Yeah. I didn't hear any sirens or anything. Over here, I'm talking. He's like, yeah, we have a projectile that definitely, you know, that went through this building. And I'm yeah. like, so I'm like, okay. Hopped out onto the patio. I'm like, what's going on here? He's like, yeah, you live in apartment three. I'm like, yeah, I mean, yes, I do. I'm on my, you know, like the one that got shot or whatever. Yeah. No, yeah. The, my downstairs neighbors are the ones that got shot, but whatever. Well, right. But the he, same building, not the unit or whatever. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah uh, your you're downstairs neighbor had a bullet go through their back office. Um, Dude. yeah. He said that it missed his head by like two feet. Jesus. He He was working on his computer. Um, so yeah, walk outside, whatever, try to figure out what's going on. I found the nine mil casing. <laughs> not even, I, not nice. even kidding. I'm like, what did you do? Did, um, you do? did you pull a crime scene, like a CSI, pull out a pen and be like, like a Horatio Kane, <laughs> stare directly in the camera and been like. No, I'm like, well, okay. So here's where this gets, here's where this story gets a tad lighter. So the cop that was, that was there first or whatever, checking things out, seeing what was going on. The next um, morning right yeah yeah okay. so he goes like this he didn't see the bullet yet or the casing yet or you know we didn't figure that out yet it was kind of whatever he's asking me he's like where where do you think this came from or you know like where do you think you heard it from and i'm like if i had to guess like right here like right outside i mean it was loud yeah and, and so he goes like this at the bullet hole in the wall from the sidewalk he's like this he like gets down on a, one knee and swoops with his hands with his hands like and what added to making it worse and or funnier yeah is he looked like the cop from scream like dewey like like he is like a cheese ball it was fucking hilarious so i i don't know um i guess hopefully it was just an accident um but anyways let's talk about some sports that's a lot a little a little plexico action maybe hopefully well, as, as yeah. long as everybody's okay, I mean, I think it's, well, whatever. Well, they'll yeah. figure it out. I, I mean, everyone's Gucci. No one got hurt. And I figure yeah. probably if someone was going to shoot up a building, they would shoot it more than once. Or more probably, than once. Probably yeah. Gucci. I would think so. I would hope so. But 
Let's talk about some drama. So Aaron Rodgers went on the Kenny Mayne, Kenny Mayne's final ESPN show. Um, and basically was the most cryptic runaround nonsense bullshit waste of 20 minutes that I mean, I've seen like now after seeing that, I, I don't know. I, I don't really appreciate Kenny Mayne doing that. I don't really appreciate Rogers doing that. The, oh, the, don't come at my man, Kenny Mayne. Come on now. With the way that interview came across, I, I, I didn't really like it. Uh, you know, Kenny Mayne advertised it and I get it's his last show and he's a legend. I like Kenny Mayne. Like I do, I do, but okay. The, the other night was just like a complete publicity runaround bullshit. Like I, I don't know. Um, but Rogers didn't really give any answers. He, I, you I know, mean, did you really think he was going to? Come on. Well, of course not. Not like that. But you could just see the way they were talking to each other that this was all a ruse and like you know. Yeah. Just playing it out, which when, you know, it's his career. We have nothing to do with it in the grand scheme of things. I get that. But, like, what about his teammates? You know, he talked about his love for his teammates and his coaching staff and yeah. and everyone he's played with. And, and and for Jordan Love, he likes working with Jordan Love. Yeah. At what point do all of uh, the love for those people outweigh the dislike for one? I mean, yeah. Not when you come out and say that. Now we're creeping in on just an absolute shitbag teammate type. Yeah. I mean, you're hanging all your people out to dry right now. Granted, volunteer OTAs, and I'm not going to be the person who says, "Oh, he should volunteer. be volunteer." Because a lot of people don't go. A lot of people don't go. But what right. I did, what I did think was interesting, none of our receivers showed up either. Yeah, all five. They asked, they asked LaFleur about that, and they said, do you think it was a show of support? And he goes, I mean, I don't know. I've talked to everybody individually, and none of that has come up. So, I don't know. I think that I wouldn't – I don't know. I don't really look into that stuff that much, to tell you the truth. Well, I know. I, uh, like I said, I've had, I've had faith the whole time. I did think it was hilarious when he was talking about – when Kenny Mayne ended the interview with fuck you, Aaron Rodgers. That was, that was funny. I thought that, True. I mean, I know it wasn't like about anything, but I was like, dude, if Rodgers leaves or retires or whatever, there's gonna be a lot of tweets with that clip going around. Like a ton. We need to get the unedited version somehow from ESPN, but um, I think the Packers are, you know, I, I think we came to the conclusion a little bit ago that we both think he'll play at least this year with the Packers. Yep. But I think the Packers might be ready, ready to settle in and play hardball for real, or re, you know, ready to dig in for real. Um, yeah, and the interesting thing about that is I was uh, reading an article on ESPN today, and Diana Rossini, their ESPN like NFL, one of their top reporters, yeah, is saying how she thinks that the Packers have all the leverage now, and I'm like, yeah, I, I wonder why. Like, you know, I mean, literally, he can't do anything. He's not a free agent. He's nothing. You know, he's literally under contract. I don't know. It's just interesting to hear like now all the different reporters are coming out kind of with their own, like, you know, ideas and everything. And I oh. have to agree with her. I don't think he has any leverage really. Right. And, and like you said, it's so funny to see all of these national media people who were so passionate three weeks ago now having to rethink and go, Oh boy. Uh, maybe I need a different narrative around this one. I can't, I can't wait. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to go on, even though they'll never see it. They'll never see it. Dan Orlovsky, 
Goat. Marcus Spears. Goat. And Mike Greenberg have a long fucking day coming when Aaron Rodgers shows up to camp in the fall. I got a long day. Long fucking day coming from me on Twitter. (laughs) Um, But uh, one thing that is good that comes out of this right now is Jordan Love is seeing all the number one reps, which is fine. Or, you know, and it's good. Yeah. I I like the mentality that some of, uh, I like what Adrian Amos said. Did you hear his quote um, when they asked about Raj? Well, I heard what he said about asking, you know, they said, are you guys like trying to help Jordan Love get prepared? He goes, we're not trying to help him get better. We're trying to help ourselves get better. And I'm like, you know, honestly, that's what I want to hear from my defense, you know? Yeah. And so he came out about, or, you know, about Rogers and he goes something along the lines of, look, we all know what he brings to the table. And Jordan we Love all, or Rogers? Rogers. Yeah. Okay. He goes, look, at the end of the day, we all know what he brings to the table and we all want that here. Let's not, or, you know, let's not that get mistaken. We or, want that here. Yeah. But he's like, if he doesn't show up in the fall, we still have to be ready to play and we still expect to win. So right. as they should. Uh, yeah. I think our, I think our defense is going to be a, a problem. Our, uh, our D lines coach, did you, his uh, interview this last week, he came out and said, oh, yeah, Zadarius Smith snubbed off another top 10 list, another preseason list. And he goes, yeah, Zadarius spends a lot of time on social media uh, to pointing out these lists and saying that he got snubbed. And he goes, I think I'm going to make 10 burners, and I'm just going to tweet at him and piss him off all day long. And then he'll come in here and kick some ass or something. So, yeah, you know, as much of a smoke screen that, that all the Aaron Rodgers stuff is, and as much as Aaron Rodgers does make that team better, still have a very, 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 very good team there in Green Bay. Yep. Whoa! Down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. What the f? All right, uh, folks. Well, let me let me take you through what just happened there. Wow. We were, I don't know. That was I would have freaked out if I was you. But so the two hockey sticks right behind. Uh, Raw Beef's head just fell off the wall. I don't know exactly what happened, and I don't know if he's going to pick him up maybe or what's going to happen. Yeah, so that was was a little freaky. I'll walk you through it. He'll walk us through it. Wait, all right. He's picking up the – oh, nope, he's got the stick in his hand. All right, he has – and here we got the Marshall (laughs) Tractor Ball. He's got the stick in his hand, and he's going to tell us all about it. All right, so here we got a IH450. Oh, catch that ball. What the fuck, dude? But um, so what happened is when you put little, little like tack nails into drywall and you hope and pray that they don't bend when the top one goes and the stuff underneath it and the stuff sitting on it go, you know, it just all falls to the ground. Crazy how that shit works. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. I think I had a few too many hockey pucks to lean on these sticks, but um, yeah. Um, anyways, with the Packer stuff. On June 1st, we are going to find out a lot more, I believe. Um, That's when that, like, new period of free agency or the limbo period of when contracts change and when when people are available to talk to, essentially. Um, So I think we'll find out a lot about Rodgers. And I think we'll find out a lot about Julio Jones. Julio Jones. I know that you're not in on this. You don't necessarily say that. That, that you think he would come to the pack, but 
well, has he's not, not free agent. So no, I get that. But the I mean, you heard on on undisputed with Shannon Sharp, which I think it was kind of that was kind of a ploy too. How do you feel about that? I think Sharp and Julio knew about that. I think that um, was pre-planned. Yeah, I can't imagine that he and or his agent would be like. I, I mean, come on. Like, you got to know if you're so close with him, you got to know that they're fil- – like, yeah, it was what, like a Tuesday? I mean, you don't just get a call and it's like, oh, shouldn't you be on TV right now? Like, I think I would have been like, hey, man, like, shouldn't you be on TV right now? Oh, I am. Like, I don't know. It seems – and I get why he brought it to Cowboys because Skip Bayless is a Cowboys fan, but it's like, dude, I don't know. Like, that is interesting. It could have been a little, a little fake – little something to throw him off the scent maybe i'm not sure but it was well, uh it was good tv regardless <laughs> i mean it was excellent tv because everyone's sitting in the studio i mean even shannon sharp when he said nah i'm out of here they like didn't even react because no yeah. one expected him to say that i don't think right um so you know he's injury prone that's a that's a fact but the falcons the way it sounds they're willing to take a pretty decent bargain for what could still be a top five wide receiver in the league yeah Um, hey you know what if you want here this is my packers thought about that whole situation you ready for this one yeah you tell me what you think you can solve everything in one foul swoop right and this was put in motion by the falcons drafting a florida gators alum tight end kyle pitts with the fourth overall pick so you got the Falcons taking him. So they didn't take a quarterback to sit behind Matt Ryan and learn for, you know, a season or two. Well, who's a team that has a young quarterback that probably isn't ready to play right now, but in a couple, two, three, probably ready to go. Answer, Green Bay Packers. Chicago Bears. No. Justin Fields. So the Packers call up, you know, Goody. Goodikins gets on the phone and goes, beep, beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, boop. Hello, operator. Yes, please put me through to the Atlanta Falcons GM. Okay, one moment, please. And then the you know happens, and somebody else in the other line goes Atlanta Falcons, and he goes, "Hi, my name is Brian Gudekist. I'm the Packers general manager. I'd like to speak to your general manager." And the person goes, "One moment, please." Transfer to the Falcons GM. He goes, "Hey, what's up, Goody? What can I do for you today?" He goes, "Well, man, let me tell you, I'm looking to resurrect my yeah. relationship with my franchise quarterback." And uh, you have a wide receiver that doesn't want to be there. Thank you, Shannon Sharp. So uh, let's make a deal. And he goes, okay, I'm open to talking. What do you have? And he goes, oh, what do I have? Let me tell you. I'll give you Mr. Jordan Love and MVS for Julio Jones and maybe a comp draft pick. And then the GM of the Falcons goes, Oh man, really? You do that for me? And Gudikin says, hell yeah, brother. And then boom, bong, bang, boom. We have Julio Jones and Aaron Rodgers is happy because you have two all pro wide receivers and Alan Lazard. Honestly, no, Alan Lazard. Give him Alan Lazard instead of MVS because that makes more sense. They get a wide receiver that, you know, can fill in with Calvin Ridley. And um, I don't know why. Gotta hang my phone up there. And, um, then we get Jordan Love to go there. He'll play in a couple of years and everything's kosher again. And it's all good. And we win a Super Bowl the next three years in a row. So I, I don't have any issue with that. I, I, the, which wide receiver would go, that would be up in the air. And 
I guess too, we got to look at their whole team. We might have a different position that they could use more because they got, they're going to, yeah. they're going to have Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts as their one, two. Um, uh, they have another good wide receiver there that I can't think Julio of. Julio Jones. Well, no, I'm, I'm <laughs> not Julio. Uh, God damn it. I'll find it in a second, but yeah. Uh, I don't hate that. I actually also, and you know, I don't like, I do not like giving away first round picks and uh, you really, really do not like doing it, especially after we fucked around with first round picks all of Roger's career. Yeah. I'd give a first, or, you know, if the, if the Falcons just straight up want a first round, they're done straight up right away. I, I mean, Oh, and you know what you're getting. It's not like he's a prospect. I mean, he's, right. you know. if he comes into the season healthy, he is a top five wide receiver. That is probably not even a question. So, you know, assume MVS gets better or, or let's have a hypothetical scenario here. So say MVS is gone, whatever. You got Lazard as the power wide receiver. We knew that Lazard or Julio and Vante and Amari Rogers, Amari Rogers who I think is going to play a big role. I think he's going to play a bigger role than people think potentially right away. I think so too. Um, well, and I'll tell you what, he's going to be a big reason if Rogers decides to retire that Jordan Love finds success overall, like early on, because he'll be the one that's doing the crossing routes, the little check downs, the, you know, the, the easy kind of, no, I don't have to think about this. I know that there's going to be wide receiver here kind of throws. Yeah. It, that's what I'm saying. Like the Packers, they're they're just not in a bad spot. But I'd say first round pick for Julio next year's or two years away, whatever. It doesn't matter when. Yeah. Um, like you said, you know what you get. And in terms of, you know, Rogers seems he, like he didn't miss a day of practice last year. Didn't get hurt for the first right. time ever. And he said he wants to play into his forties. If he can, if he can somehow play like Brady or at least stay healthy like Brady into his forties, that is worth the first round pick right now, of course. Like, right. So that is the only place where the Packers don't have leverage because you really do have to decide. Man, Rodgers does make us that much better, but I don't think they'll trade him. They'll either force him to retire or he'll play. I don't right. think you know. I don't think they lose the leverage in a trade sort of deal but yeah and going back to that Kenny Main thing I thought it was interesting how he uh god what did he say he said um oh man come on you just had it oh how he was like yeah kind of through you know I think it was gonna work out fine I think he was fine with everything to tell you the truth until he went MVP and he was like okay I just put it all out on the table whatever and now I have an MVP at you know age 38 and now you got to decide and I don't blame him for doing that I mean I do the same thing it's like okay you had this plan in place. I get it. It's a business. And now, now I want MVP. So put your money where your mouth is or get rid of me. Oh, pick him off. Oh, what a beautiful play by the Brewers right there. Yeah. It, um, I don't know. I, I just hope, I hope we get to see Raj at least one more year in Lambeau, if that's what it comes down to. Um, none of it seems to me that a newer extended contract is what at all he's looking for. Right. He doesn't want money. He doesn't care about the money, but might start caring about the money when, uh, what, uh, uh what $50,000 a day starts going away. Mm-hmm. Mm. So we'll see. We'll see. Someone told me long ago.
move on to some baseball it's while while you're, you're watching the Brewers Padres right now. Yeah, good game so far, zero zero. Huge. I have Weathers on my team. Oh well, I hope that the Brewers score eight runs next inning. Ah, over it. But, hey, you know what's funny? Quick little note about fantasy baseball. You know who was really, really, really chirping? Benny B. Bunton early on in the season. Not me. No. You know who it was? Jordan. Yeah, and guess who's in front of him now? You. Yeah. So, to all the haters out there who didn't believe in Benny B. Bunton, have fun being sick because the race for fourth place is on. Yeah. That's all uh, you need. You just got to make the playoffs. Hey, right now, I'm just hanging out there, just getting it done. You know what I mean? Um, That's all you can do, man. Six and four every week, you'll make the playoffs. I I have to say that getting Vlad Guerrero Jr. in the fourth round right now looks really nice. I, I, I do like that. He's yeah. playing. He's playing some nice baseball, but playing very well. Not that he was going to go nice. anywhere above uh, above the fourth round. No chance. No chance. But, yeah. Still, um, it's good. It's beautiful. It's good when you have the leader in home runs in your team. You know. So, a little quick update around uh, just around baseball. We'll buzz through it and then we'll talk about a few things. Uh, AL Central: White Sox twenty-eight and twenty. They have a one and a half game lead over the Indians. Um, Royals. They're you know started off hot. Went on a little bit of a bad stretch. Now they're kind of now they're keeping it together. They're they're hanging around. They're still a lot better than anyone thought they'd be. So oh, yeah, there's that. It's that cent that central though is the it's kind of the White Sox like yeah. thing to lose. The you know the division to lose. Yeah. Um, AL East. Um, Red Sox. Although you didn't think it would be necessarily a surprise, I didn't because I, I do like Alex Cora. Um, Red Sox, Rays, Yankees are right there. And the Blue Jays, man, if they, you know, Marcus Simeon and, and Vladdy, if they could just get a little bit more support. They've um, had a tough schedule. They've had, yeah. they've had a, they have like 17 games still against the Orioles though. So they'll, I think they'll figure it out. I think it legitimately is going to be a 14 race over there. Oh yeah, me too. I mean, right now at this point in the season, if you're five games out and you're a one game above 500, you're very much in it. Absolutely. Um, one thing I think that stinks for the Blue Jays, and they wouldn't be able to have fans anyway, so I guess it's cool that they can have fans. But when they have to play the Rays, it sucks that they are playing an absolute away game down down there because it's all Rays fans. When you know, because the, the Blue Jays are playing in Florida still, which is interesting because the Rays can't get anybody to come to their games in St. Pete. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's you just, know? I don't know if it's because it's outside or, yeah, or it could what, be. but um, yeah, uh, AL West Athletics, still a good call by you. Um, they're getting it done. Uh, and again, because of the weird, like, uh, kind of like what happens to the West Coast with hockey and basketball too, if you have a good West Coast team that's kind of under the radar, no, like necessarily superstars on the team. Yeah. Real easy way to win first place and no one know about it, um, which isn't always yep. a bad thing. Um, right. Then the Astros, man, they're they're scrappy. It, it they have been getting berated all year and they deserve every second of it. And I don't feel bad one bit, but man, they're scrappy. Yeah, they, no, yeah. <laughs> and, and they don't even have Verlander. Um, and I think when he comes back, even though he's old, I think he'll be good to go. You know, if he says he's good to go, then I believe it. Plus, you got to give them credit, like you said. I mean, they've had they've taken a lot this year, and 
obviously, like you said, they deserve it. And they've kind of made a target on their backs. They painted it. You know, they had Alex Bregman like, hey, Jose, you want a target on your back? I'll paint it for you. Be a little body painter for you. But um, yeah, they've, they, they're kind of a team where, you know, baseball needs a villain and they're like kind of the perfect villain. And then I love too how Dusty Baker is their manager. Like he's, cause he's, he's a solid manager. I mean, he really yeah. is like, you know, he's just a, he's been around the game. He's been All around favorite. the league for a long time and he's just, he's just doing his thing. And it's kind of funny cause the players like will say something and then he'll like, you know how Tony La Russa like almost doesn't seem connected at all with his players. It's like dusty is, but he just kind of like says what you're like kind of supposed to say or whatever, if that makes sense. Like Bregman will be like, not Bregman, like Altuve or Correa will be, and Bregman. Yeah. All three of them will say, you know, like, fuck them. We're, we're sick of kind of like having people boo us and like the trash cans and everything. And then Baker will be like, yeah, I mean, they kind of deserve it. Like, well, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's part of the game, whatever. Yeah. I mean, and I, I do admit that them playing well while taking all this bullshit does make me, uh, I don't know, feel it makes me feel less strongly about the cheating because I mean, they're playing good ball. And I mean, it is not easy anywhere they're going right now. Right. So it's a little more respectable, still assholes, still clowns, still think their world series should be gone, but it is what it is, I guess. Um, and we'll head over to the old, old NL central. Um, Cardinals have a half game lead over the Cubs um, at 27 and 22 Cubs, 26 and 22 Brewers back three games um, back two and a half on the Cubbies at 24 and 25. And the Reds, man, just a lot of a lot of power, but they can't they suck. They can't stop any runs. But NL Central's interesting, and I would like to take a, a tad bit of a, a pat on the back, a little clap. Um, after the Cubs' first ten games this year, when it was the historically worst ten games ever hitting, yeah, I didn't give up on them. I said this ain't gonna happen. Say, hey, hey, hey. Don't pat yourself. Oh, it's been 10 games. I'm, fuck them. I'm done with them. Come on. Don't give yourself a pat on the back for not giving up on your team 10 games in the season. No, I'm saying I believe that I was taking some shit from you for, oh boy, from you for saying. Yeah. Yeah. I think for I was saying what? For saying what? I think you Where said the, receipts? the Cubs aren't that good. Oh, I mean, I'll find them. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, come they, on, dude. Come they on, have... dude. Come on. You think that they're World Series contenders? Because I sure don't. Best best bullpen in baseball. Best bullpen. In... Yeah, that's because your closer cheats. He's got the ta- the pine tar in his brim. I We got to talk about that because I don't actually think that. But why did the Cardinals reliever get taught or have to change his hat? He has to say Crim- Craig Kimbrell has a bigger mark on his hat than that guy does. And he never gets checked ever. I'm like, that's kind of ridiculous. Okay, so – uh. Pre, I don't know what I what the correct word is. Uh, prelude, preface it. Uh, preface. Preface. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. 30, 25, 20 games ago, Craig Kimbrell did have that shit checked by the. He wears the same hat, and it's from this, from. It's like wet, from his hand. Why is it dark? Well, I when when you get a fabric wet, it changes colors. Yeah, I know, but it your spit doesn't turn blue absolutely black. Like no, I know. I'm not it, saying he's cheating, but I think it's very curious that the dude comes out doesn't even throw a pitch, and they're like, "All right, gotta check, gotta check it, bro." 
and honestly, it's not because Kimbrell's Kimbrel is a Cub. He's just the first guy that I thought of. Garrett Cole is the same thing. And I'm just saying it's interesting that, you know, these guys don't get checked more often and for having a clear discrepancy on their hat. Now, this is going to be an absolute stretch, but where all of those marks are on the hat, is it the sticker mark that's there? And they just happen to be like, you know where the stickers are on the hats? Like that's a stretch, but it's all Maybe, in the same. But... You know what I'm saying? It's all in the same spot. No, I get it. I just, I don't know. That's that. That's not a bad take, I guess. And if you I have, just, if you have the adhesive there, and you keep rubbing it, now with the Giovanni Gallegos, he said that that was extra sunscreen, or that that. So I don't know what's going to happen with that. Yeah. Because what? I mean, you can't tell someone they can't wear sunscreen. But then if there's sunscreen on the jersey or on the hat, where is where you it? Draw ha- the line. Well, you're right. I mean, that's kind of like, though, I mean, catchers like Makia, <laughs> great example. He would have pine tar on all his, over his chest on it. Well, no, on oh. his knee pads. And I, I don't know. I mean, is it one of those, you know, things where it's just kind of accepted? I mean, I think that it makes the game safer when pitchers have better control of the ball. You're not hitting people in the face or, you know, having the potential for that. I mean, guys have had sunscreen on their arm. You'll look at some things and they'll be all just covered in sweat and there's just gross grease and shit. And like, you know, that that's something, I, whatever. I don't really care when people have like a foreign substance, unless it's truly making their curveball like start at your eyes and you're like, oh, absolute ball. And it just ends up right down the middle. Then it's like, okay, that's a little ridiculous. But if it gives you a little bit more control, I mean, I can't hate on that. Like you said, it makes the game safer. Yeah, well... I don't know with the guy goes thing. I think we'll see. I mean, they're obviously investigating a hat. And now the issue that I kind of have with him, them taking that hat, I guess, or I get why they did it. Yeah. But now how many games are going to be delayed because the other coach or the other player goes, Hey, I thought I saw something. And now well, they have, now they have to go check yeah, it. Now right. they have to take the hat and go through this whole song and dance. And if people are cheating, I, I, I want them to get caught. That doesn't right. make baseball any good, but how far is this going to go now? Well, and adding to that, I can't believe that their his manager got ejected like instantly. He walked out there and was like, what the fuck kind of deal. And literally he was tossed within like a couple minutes. And I just don't, I don't understand how, I, like why is there I, whatever I don't know I mean it is Joe West so maybe that's why but like he was Mike Schilt was ejected like almost immediately where it was just kind of one of those deals where it's like he's going out there clearly to help his player out or you know kind of like ask some questions and say hey man like what's the deal why is my man's getting ejected and then all of a sudden dude's just gone yeah and obviously we don't know what Schilt said but Schilt, yeah. from what I can tell has respect from the umpires and usually usually guys that have like more respect from the umpires have a longer leash as to how far they can uh, get after the umps or whatever. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, Like I said, I mean, Kimberl, he spins it for sure. Gallegos, he spins it for sure. Like there's no doubt about that. They probably have two of the higher spin rates in baseball. If I had to guess Uh, just because they can throw so hard and they're uh, late relief closers, save people, whatever. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know where it'll stop, I guess. Um, one thing real quick before we talk about a little golf action, maybe. Um, one thing with baseball right now that we, we were kind of talking about uh, last week, and you're hearing it now more and more people talk about what's going to leave baseball because what's going on right now is not good. 
Right. Um, all-time low batting average, all-time high strikeout rate. Uh, um, it's just weird. No one's getting hits. Uh, you have 10 or 15 guys in the league that are going to have an extra base hit every single game. Mm-hmm. That's it. You don't have people right. getting hits right now. And it's, um, it's weird to see, and we don't need to go into it again. All crazy. We talked about, um, that a few weeks ago on what we think needs to change, but I don't know if they can change something mid season. I don't know if that's very baseball esque of, <laughs> but shift is gone for sure. I, I guarantee I am putting my, I guarantee you the shift is gone next year. Uh, I don't know about that. I guarantee it there. No. I mean, it's crazy, dude. They're like, it is, they're they're looking to keep baseball interesting and they think that that's going to come from the launch angle and i disagree so heavily with that like if there's four hits in a ball game and two of them are home runs Mm -hmm. that's not an interesting game to watch to me now like in terms of growing the game and like exciting action all game long you think you'd want to see eight hits versus 11 hits or 10 hits versus 13 hits. And that's a lot. I get that, but we don't really know how well these people can hit. Like, I just think that the shift is like, is that that's the first thing for me. I don't know. I think when it comes to the shift, I mean, I've been a pretty big proponent of limiting it, limiting it, limiting it. There we go. You know, for a few reasons, but I don't think that necessarily, like if you eliminate it, I don't think that that's going to be like the reason that, there's more base hits or there's more offensive potential. I think they need to look hard at, um, they need to look at hard at pitching. Like, honestly, I don't know what they need to change or if it's like, if it's literally just the ball thing. And I I don't know. I think that they're just, baseball is one of those sports that they kind of come through and they go through periods and it just can't stay the same. Like it's not an easy, not saying that basketball needed to be fixed, but basketball is in a new era with a three point shot. Like, there's more sharpshooters than there have ever been. Yeah. There's more strikeouts than there's ever been. Like, obviously it's a little different, but you can't just like institute, you know, a different style of play that will help them. Unless you want to go back to small ball. Maybe we see more teams bought, who knows? But. You have, you have been with the shift. A lot of people are throwing it over to the third base side. Um, I've seen, all right, you know, this is just cause it's Cubs, but Rizzo's done it a few times this year when they, and it helps that he really handles the bat. Well, I'm not saying everyone should go and try and do that. Cause some people can't. Yeah. Um, but I think it was Tim Kirchin was talking about on ESPN. I was listening to it and I completely agree. He goes, look around the league right now. You have very few people who throw under 92 miles an hour or 90 right. miles an hour right now. And look at 10 years ago. What was, what was the awesome pitch 10 years ago? The hard 12-6 curveball that you didn't know where it was going to start and stop, right? Yeah. The spin rate. It was all about spin rate. And what did the batters have to do? Get better at hitting off speed, right? Right. So what's happening right now kind of in baseball that clearly attributes to the strikeout rate, good hitters, good hitters can't hit high fastballs anymore for shit. Well, they, and they're getting blown away by high fastballs day in and day out. And it's weird. Well, the reason for that in my, you know, my thought process is 
you look at a hitter and you know you're used to okay if if there's a 92 mile hour fastball you're not missing that if you're a major league hitter clearly whatever but there's guys who can throw upper 90s lower hundreds or you know touching 100 miles an hour and that makes these like consistently and that makes these batters have to guess so much earlier and it just you know you can react to the fastball and that's why you're late on a fastball you know if you know it's coming it's not you're not going to miss it because it doesn't move whatever but if you got to react to that, you know, when it's 90, when it's 94, you can, or not even 94, when it's 97, you can follow it off. But if it touches 99 and you can't, you can't do anything about that, you know, you have to make perfect contact. Yeah. And you have to continue to guess. And that's why some of these guys like just look silly when it's a curveball then or a slider, then if it's a 92 mile an hour slider and it has that tail at the end, they look stupid because they don't know what's happening and they, you know, you have to guess. So, yeah, that, um, that's true. But yeah, the high fastball right now and now just, I, you know, Red Sox games, the Brewer game right now, just watch that. And, and a high inside fastball on any batter is always going to be tough. And on, right. and on the hands here is tough no matter what. Right. But you're seeing people very talented or what I thought could hit any high fastball that's in the zone. Just nope. Struggle. Bad, just yeah. bad. So I think. Or, you know, um, like when we were playing Little League, what were we taught? Um, look fastball, sit, uh, not Little League, but a little higher. You know, you look for the fastball, and if they have a good a good two-piece, you, you sit or, you know, try and sit on that. Right. But, like, in the majors and the minors for the last 10 years with the spin rate and the curveballs and all of these sliders and shit that can move all over the place, it's been, well, try and dissect the off-speed and hang in there for the fastball. You know, it's kind of back and forth. So it's very reactive. Yeah. Um, And another thing that that could have a lot to do with it is there are a lot less strikes being thrown literally because of the velocity, I think. Because of the swing rate, I would say. Yeah. And pitchers have I think it's because of the velocity. You know, now your middle relief guy or your starter, it's not where can you place it and how long can you go? It's you got to be able to throw hard for when you're going to be in there. Right. Um, so the velocity's up, the accuracy's off it. Uh, I would say baseball is at a very delicate spot with the decisions they make in the next year and a half for the rules and for what it does for the image of the game, I guess. Bring back steroids 2020. Hey. Bring back steroids. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, no, honestly, I mean, steroids made baseball cool again. And then after the steroid guys were done, we said, eh, let's not do steroids anymore. <laughs> everyone, knew what the, everyone knew what the fuck was going on. Yeah. But Hey, you know, you, you, you bring it back because of a strike short season and it's all right. But um, yeah, I got to pat myself on the back since I picked the A's. I'm so smart. Um, but no, I, uh, as far as baseball goes, I mean, I think the thing that's nice is you're seeing a lot of teams that are still close to competing. Like you don't see a team just running, absolutely running wild, which I think is something that we haven't seen in a while. Um, But I think it's a good thing for the game. You know, it it keeps fans more involved and it's, you know, it's just, it's good. I mean, I think you have three to four, maybe four divisions that are within there's like three teams or four teams within five games of first place, which I think, that's pretty, pretty spectacular considering where we're at. I mean, I know it's Memorial day and it's like the first kind of time you can really look at the standings and see if they merit anything, but still pretty impressive that there's this many teams that are actively uh, good. Yeah, that's no doubt. I think the biggest shock to me 
is the NL West. If you told me that 50 games in that three teams would have 30 wins, I would say the Padres, the Dodgers, and who the fuck else? Who has those 30 wins? Yeah. Um, Giants had a really, really easy schedule. I think one of the easiest in the game. You still have to win the games. I'm not taking anything. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that I think the Giants will kind of stutter down the stretch, I want to say, and falter, but we'll see. I think what's like been so shocking to me about the Giants is I didn't really know much about their roster going into the season. Then when I saw they were winning some games or whatever, I'm like looking at their roster, expecting to see some new, like young life. Like it's like all like second wind career guys who are like playing like they did in their prime again. makes no fucking sense. Brandon Belt, Crawford, Longoria, um, Buster Posey. Buster Posey. It's just weird. Like, I don't know. And for what it's worth, having another team in that division that's good is great for baseball. Yep. Makes it so much more interesting. I mean, the Dodgers and the Padres alone. That's almost enough to suffice you. Yeah. You could argue they have the best rivalry in baseball right now. Right now. Um, That'd be a pretty solid argument, but. It's going to be a shootout. Um, I, I don't know. We're, what, a third of the way through the season, basically? Just Little, about, yeah. Almost a third. So we're going to have a race. It's going to be exciting. I, You, you know how everyone knows how we feel about the the playoffs. I'd say it's the uh, – Baseball? Yeah. I love them. I'd say it's the second hardest playoff series to win. Yes. Behind the Stanley Cup. Behind the Stanley Cup. Speaking of. Speaking of. Let's talk about it. Straight victories for your Boston Bruins. Hey. One in double overtime by one of my personal favorites, Craig Smith. I mean, hey. what more can you say? Well, first of all, Craig Smith has been just really solid for the bees since coming there. Yeah. Um, well, first couple of weeks, a little shaky, but I mean, ever since I would say probably late December, January, dude's been absolutely just a stud muffin, you know? So I guess like Badger fans and like, if you watch his career, he's always been like that. Actually, like he just probably doesn't, I'm not saying he's an all-star. I'm not saying he's a superstar. He's definitely above average at everywhere he's been. Just a blue collar kind of guy. Yeah, Just grind it out. Lunch pail, the TD garden, maybe get an assist. But I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I was very correct about Taylor Hall joining the Bruins and I'd say the Bruins are playing the best hockey they've played all year right now. Yeah. And honestly, the two pickups that they had at the deadline, whatever. Taylor Hall obviously gets the headline, been great. But, dude, Mike Riley coming over from the Sens, that was a really good pickup. I didn't really know much about him, but him on the uh, second pairing has been almost like money. Like, he hasn't really done anything where it's like, dude, what the heck? Like, he's just an all-around just solid defenseman. I mean, for as much as I bitched about their – um their decor and, you know, getting rid of my boy, Tori Krug and letting Charo kind of leave. 
they've been playing really well. I mean, you got to give them a lot of credit. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it obviously McAvoy, Carlo, they kind of steal the headlines because they're the big name guys. But I mean, you look at, is it La- Larzen, Lazen, Larzen, L- something L- like that. Lazan. Lazan. He's been playing really good. I mean, again, Mike Riley, he's been playing really good. They're just a solid team. And like, for everybody who says that Tuca's really bad, blah, blah, blah. Like, dude, Tuca is not bad. Tuca's a very he, he, good goalie. Per, 2.4 GAA. That, that's almost unheard of in the playoffs. Like Per minimum starts, yeah. he's got the highest win percentage of any goalie of all time in the playoffs, literally. Right. So, yeah. and I don't think it's the national people that say Tuca's bad. I think it's the no. weird Boston market that it says is. Tuca's bad. And I think it's the people who – they come out of the, you know, there's every team is like this and they have a fan base when like, they don't really care when the team isn't very good, but when the team is good, then they'll, they're the biggest critics kind of deal. Like I've watched the Bruins pretty, pretty closely the last, I would say 10 to 12 years of my life. And I've never, I've never really been like, dude, Tuca, not the guy, like right away, whatever, kind of like interesting. But I mean, they went to the cup in 2013, largely because of him, even the run, 2019 like he's not the reason that they lost they're the reason they lost is because they couldn't score enough goals I mean that that's just what it is like yeah and I, I don't even I don't know I don't even want to give merit to the people who um who don't think he's good because it doesn't make sense it really doesn't no and it's not even like one of those where the numbers go against the way that he looks when he's playing I mean his right. numbers directly back up every every single thing so Right. Very bizarre motive that's been going on for a very long, or not motive, but uh, narrative, narrative that's been going on for a very long time in Boston, ever since he started, like you said. Yeah. And um, the interesting thing, um, Bruce Cassidy, I don't think he gets nearly enough credit, honestly. I mean, I know that they're they're full I of superstars. Well, I think it, he had a pretty rough time getting a hold of that locker room when he started. I agree. Yeah. I don't think that they were very happy with Claude Julian getting let go, but I hope I want him to get, well, obviously I want Bergeron to get another cup, but I want Bruce Cassidy to get a cup like early on kind of in his career. Like even if he ends up with a different team, I think that he has already proven that he kind of deserves to be there. I know there was questions about that a little bit right away, obviously, but I don't know. I, I like him a lot. I think that he understands hockey. I think he really understands like, Bruins and their culture and kind of like while they play you know a little physical but also not too rough very um pristine well, not pristine precise you know with that first line spe- speaking of physical and we talked about it after the first game and we both said it after that first game against the Caps we both got on here and said what happened the regular season doesn't matter the goal scorers don't matter the defensemen don't matter the Boston Bruins will not win another game unless they get physical and boy, did they get physical for those next four games. They played tough as shit. Yeah. And they're going to have to do the same thing against the Islanders. I really like Boston in this series. Me too. Let's talk about a few of the other ones quick, and then we'll talk about this series. Well, one thing I just got to say, too, and I don't want to keep, you know, tooting his horn and pumping his tires, but, I mean, it all kind of goes back to Craig Smith for me. I mean, he's – like the way that he scored that two overtime goal he's in and whatever it's easy pickings when a goalie and that defenseman kind of, you know, miscommunicate, but dude, I mean, you don't see that from everybody charging down there to try to get that puck. Not everybody gets there. And he just, I don't know, he fits in well. And like you said, it's kind of like that, Hey, we'll hit when we need to hit and get in the gritty areas and everything, but like, it's not going to be our like main kind of prerogative, but 
Yeah, uh, we'll get back to that series in a second. Um, oh, we better. Avalanche moved on. No surprise, really. Um, McKinnon learned how to score, you know, is going in the playoffs, so that's not good for the rest oh. of the league. Don't need, don't really need to talk about that series a bunch. The next one is going to be very interesting for sure. Hey, who, uh, who said the Blues were ass and uh, predicted a sweep? You did. I, I, I gave them five games, but yeah. Um, Vegas, Minnesota, we got game oh, seven. We got yep. game seven. So about a month ago, I said to Dan that you want nothing to do with Minnesota or with Vegas in the playoffs. About three nights ago, I was so close to being so fucking correct that I started chirping Dan. Well, I here we saw, are. I remember. I remember. <laughs> here we are. So I, hand up. That's on me. Uh, I'll take back or I'll not take it back. I meant it. But Minnesota. Oh, I meant it. Minnesota's proved me wrong. Um, so we're going to have a game seven. And to tell you the truth, I don't know what's going to happen. I'd like to say that all of Vegas's playoff experience now at this point would give them the upper hand in a game seven, yeah. especially at home. That barn is banana land. It's bonkers. Um, but the wilds have just been playing tough. Matt Dumba has been playing some nice, oh. nice, nice hockey. Yeah. Oof, man. Then again, another guy who we talked about baseball. Oh, damn it. He just missed a home run by like two feet, but yes, Matt Dumba. He's been, he got a fight last night and I thought it was warranted. So we talked about this before the superstar should show up and score goals, but who's going to be the third and fourth line or the defenseman that doesn't you, or who's going to be that guy in the playoffs to step up and just come out of nowhere. And I'm not saying Matt Dumba, like this is like, Oh, so far beyond, like so far beyond his ability, but Matt Dumba is going to play a huge part game seven. If I had to guess, Um, not saying he's going to be the the goal scorer or whatever, but I'm looking at Matt Dumba game seven. I'm looking at Mark stone game seven. Mark stone, such a beauty. Kevin Fiala, another name. And I want to talk about goaltending once you're. Yeah, no, I mean, that's about all I got. I, well, Cam Talbot for all that everybody has said, and you know, he was kind of ostracized in Calgary um, you know, last year and the year before, but dude, he's really put it together for the wild. I mean, they have a young goalie, uh, Capo Kakinen, who he's very good. I think he's right there, maybe another year or whatever, but Cam Talbot came in on a three-year deal and he has been playing very good as far as keeping him in, you know, the regular season, there was a little bit, whether he was going to be the guy or not, whether they were going to bring in Capo, but he's just put his nose down, like grinded. And even in this series, you know, Vegas scored like five goals. I want to say unanswered in game five or yeah, game five. And it looked like it was over. And then Talbot comes out and has a 23 safe shutout, which isn't anything crazy, but a shutout against the Knights is a pretty big deal. They have very good, very good offensive firepower. And he's been just playing solid. So I think it kind of comes down to goaltending Cam Talbot riding the hot hand. I think that he's going to be one of the reasons why the wild can potentially win this game. And secondly, with Vegas, a lot of questions. Are they going to do flurry? Are they going to keep him in the net? Are they going to bring in Robin Leonard for the uh, game seven? I don't know. There's a lot of questions that's going around surrounding that because flurry looked a little shaky last night. I mean, it wasn't obviously like classic flurry, but he's been also proven to kind of show that he can still hang with everybody. And I think it'll be interesting. I mean, you have two, two starters for sure on your roster right now with him and Leonard, who do you go with? I think that's something that's a storyline to watch. And then also the camp Talbot. 
I, man, I don't know who I'd go. I'll go with Flurry. I, I think they just used him so much, so much more this year, and he's better this year than they thought he might be. Leonard didn't ended up like he ended up not playing. I don't think as much as anyone thought, and I think everyone's fine with that. Yeah. But oh man, you know you you don't you don't want to put a a, a beaten up or battered goaltender in there in flurry and watch him get shit pumped in a game seven, but hate to put in a new guy. Like it's tough, tough decision. I go with flurry personally. What do you think? Yeah. I think you stick with the guy who's been starting um, because I think that if you go with Leonard and he wins, what do you do then, for the next year? Then you got to stay with Leonard. Yeah. It's a lot of questions and it's just, it's, it, I mean, they obviously knew what they were doing and getting themselves into when it all like showed up and this happened, you know, and everything, and that's fine. But I think it's an interesting decision they have to make. Um, but I'll do my pick. You can do your pick with Dan. I'm, I'm going to go with the wild. I just think that right now they're feeling good. Like you said, they've been getting, they've been getting production from dudes who, yes, Matt Dumba obviously is like a very recognizable name for a Minnesota wild fan. And like for most NHL fans, but he's been just absolutely crushing at this series. He really has been. And you know who hasn't is Kirill Kaprizov. So yeah. I think you look at maybe him getting hot game seven, kind of first experience. And I think he ready to rock, ready to rock and roll. And you got the wild man, potentially. <laughs> I'm just, I don't know what's going to go on with Dan. So I'm going to say Vegas now, just in case, but. You're going um, Vegas. Yeah, I, uh, no, never. I normally never ever would pick Vegas, but since I was so, uh, like Dan, you don't want to play them. I need Vegas to win for my own stability. Gotcha. Okay, you know what I mean? That's fair. No, I um, get that. Uh, then we we got Leafs, um, Canadians, um, weird series. <laughs> I haven't been able to watch a ton of it, honestly. Yeah. Um, what do you think? I think the biggest storyline out of that is the uh, the hit, the Traver- Tavares hit. What do we think about that? I mean, um, obviously, I don't think it was intentional, but. No, I. so I think it, what's tough and where, like, where you'll lose people is not so much the hit. I think everyone can say that that's an accident, and I, I think the hit is an accident. I'm not speaking hypothetically. I do think it was an accident. But right away in live time without being able to see a replay and it's Corey Perry with a knee to your captain's dome that's left him unconscious on the ice. Right. Not a great look. I mean, we all no. know Corey Perry doesn't exactly have the best track record for being the cleanest player. Although I do think that it, you know, exactly. You laid that out perfectly. I think it does have to be said though, that he was like, Hey, like I didn't mean this blah, blah, blah. And there was a fight and I, I get why. I mean, I heard, you know, a very mm-hmm. popular, hockey podcast break this down and i think it was more of the yo you just messed our captain up and we're gonna you know you gotta answer the bell and i think that they you know they're facing off against each other in the first face off after it. and i think there was communication where it's like yo man like you gotta do it are we going and he's like yup or whatever you know you kind of understand that like that that's just one of those things like yeah i didn't mean it wasn't intentional wasn't dirty at all and i think i think what the difference is between if it would have been i don't want to say intentional because i don't think that players necessarily hit people dirty intentionally Not like I, that. Think, I think sometimes it just happens whatever like a boarding or anything but if they if the if the maple leafs truly took exception to that and it well i mean obviously it was a scary hit and they all, i hope he's okay but like he's skating today he's skated oh, I, already today. that's good 
but you know, like that's a fight right away. I mean, there's been times where dudes get absolutely laid out and the guy, whoever it is on the ice drops the glove and is immediately like, we're throwing hands. Like it doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. And that so, didn't happen in this instance. And maybe that's because of the way it kind of looked and it was a pretty ugly hit. You know, yeah. you give it a little time, but like usually it's pretty right there. Well, I I think it was Nick Felino that fought yep. Corey Perry. And yep. I, you know, it's tough to speculate, but you can kind of see on his lips, he's like, we got to go. Like we got to, got to do it. So I don't have any issue with the way the play turned out scary scary situation for john johnny Tavares. yeah um like it's just ugly and how much scarier did the situation get made when the fucking trainers were oh, doing what they were doing that was, God, that was horrible i they, mean yeah. they had a, they had him out there like like a giraffe on ice that i mean bad yeah oh jesus that was bad so uh kudos to Corey perry for a just you know what yep got a got to do it kudos to Corey perry again for before johnny t got off the ice he went and said hey yeah you know like and another thing that people need to remember these guys have won like two gold medals together right they're they're friends like they're both from canada they're both yeah if Corey perry's gonna try and take someone's head off john Tavares is not going to be that guy probably well Um, even if they weren't you don't typically if ever go after a captain with a three like and whatever. I mean, that's just, that's the rule. You know, you don't see, and whatever, you don't, you wouldn't see Trent Frederick going after Ovi. Like you wouldn't see Tom Wilson going after Patrice Bergeron. Like you wouldn't see that happen just because that's the captain. There's a little bit more respect there than, you know, other, other players, whatever you want to say, you know, to try to get your team fired up. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like we said, tough hit, not like not fun to watch. Right. Um, well, I think we mentioned we we be we didn't get his suspension yet, but Kadri got eight games for that hit. Yes, against given, the Blues. Yeah, given, I just gotta. I want to keep talking about the Canadians for a second because I got to give them credit. I didn't think they would really be in this series, and they are down three to one, but they've kept it close. And Carey Price, after coming back from an injury, he's been playing pretty well. Um, I don't think the Canadians are really built to make a Stanley Cup run. I think that they are a little ahead of schedule, perhaps. Um, but they'll get. I don't know. I got to give him credit there. I don't know what you think, or I know you said you didn't really have much of a chance to watch any of it, but going up against a Toronto team that, you know, they have the first line everybody knows about and they're a pretty solid team, but you got to give the Canadians kind of some credit here. Yeah. I, I watched game three cause uh, Cole's first game uh, Caulfield and obviously after the first two games, they, what just happened? Sorry. They, the third baseman Kim for the Padres just made an incredible play on Willie Adamas, but he, uh, they scored, they scored anyways. It it was such it would have been such a hard throw and he had no chance, but it was, wow. That was a great play. So, um, I guess this is more directed at Caulfield just cause whatever, you know, that's the, the kind of Twitter spotlight that I get pitched out from the Canadians hockey universe. Yeah. So everyone like was expecting, I shit you not, Spencer. People were all over Twitter after that third game going, Cole didn't score. Why did we bring him up? Cole didn't score. Why did we bring him up? Not asking, you know, why didn't the other veterans on the team fucking score? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, so. No, I get it. Oh, nice. Hey, well, I will say, you know, well, obviously dude's a stud. And, like, I think he's going to do well if he can stay healthy and not get, like, you know, absolutely just demolished because of his size. 
I, I think some of the problem is that there was such, whether it's fan generated hype or maybe a little bit to do with like the university, like, cause he, I don't think that he really talks like, yeah, I'm the best. Like I'm a great scorer, all this stuff. But like when you score how many goals in college, 29, you know what I mean? There's going to be some expectations. I'm not saying it's fair. I I mean, I, it's not fair at all, but I think it is. And whatever, that's just, I read a lot lot on the fantasy. Yes, he does. And I, I read a lot on like the fantasy boards because I was going to, you know, I, I threw, he was on my roster for like a week, just whatever, you know, had him there in case he needed to plug and play a right winger. And he, he took a lot. I mean, he never sees it, but there was a lot of fans in there too who were throwing flack around. So yeah, well, uh, hopefully he gets in the scorecard. I think that would help a lot with, um, with quieting everybody. Well, and I guess I'm, I'm going to read uh, a few stats from game three that, uh, to people who truly don't understand hockey might, or, you know, if you don't see an assist or a G or a plus minus, so waste of a game, right? Game three, um, he had 12 shot attempts. Seven of them got through without getting blocked. Um, he, or that's not true. He had nine shots. Three of them actually hit the net and then scoring chances. He had five scoring chances, two of them quality. Yeah that's really good production out of a kid who's never played before. So, right. uh, You know, I guess Canadians fans, hockey fans, if you really want to get picky, then get picky, but his production is there. If he doesn't score, he doesn't score. He's getting around. He's getting his chances. They'll come. Um, No, no doubt. um, Are the Edmonton Oilers the, I mean, the worst fucking hockey team to ever exist. I mean, I, I gotta say, dude, since we're talking big 10, um, Blake Wheeler, former gopher, he's absolutely tearing it up, dude. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, hockey, we've had this before. We've had this discussion where, you know, you can't do, you can't do it all with two people or with one great line. You can't, you just can't. And the jets, I mean, they're, they're just one of those like kind of gritty teams where I wouldn't surprise me if they got to the final four or like, you know, with the four other teams and they win the Canadian division. Cause they're just now that they scrappy team. They have, they have Hellebuck who's a, you know, he was in the vet. Did he win the Vezna or the Vezna last year, last year? Right. I mean, he's an annual perennial, like really good goalie. Um, They didn't have Ehlers for the first, you know, for the first two games and they still won, which is crazy. Cause he was like their best player all year this season. And now they have him back, Blake Wheeler on a tear. They have a pretty good decor. They took some, they took a lot of shit, you know, the first, probably for the regular season. And honestly, the Jets were playing really, really bad before they came into the playoffs. And then all of a sudden they turn it on. So I've always kind of liked the Jets. Um, I did not expect them to sweep the Oilers for sure, but they're playing really good hockey right now. Really good hockey. And I, I mean, they're going to let these two other teams beat up on each other for a little bit here. You know, if you're a Jets fan, you hope that goes seven now. Um, and you Absolutely. want and yeah. you want those teams to be beat to hell. The Jets, I mean, after beating the Oilers, might have punched the easiest ticket to the, the conference finals. Perhaps. Uh, but um lightning moved on, boo. But I know uh, I kind of saw it coming. Um, one thing I think that's interesting that we talked about months ago. Who's their goaltender? The lightning. No. The Panthers. Expensive. Uh Burbowski. Burbowski. Wanna know where he was for that last game? On the bench. Spencer Knight was in. He wasn't even dressed. 
Really? He was their third string. Why? Trash. They're paying a man $12 million a year, and they didn't even fucking dress him for a playoff game. Yeah, that's tough. Spencer Knight's going to be awesome. He's got a great name. College hockey fans knew that, him coming out of Boston College. Um, Right. He'll be there to say he's the first college or he's the first goalie ever to play in a playoff in college, win the whatever, and start in the playoffs. Win the whatever. <laughs> um yeah, I think that's that'll be interesting. Um not know, the lightning are just so good, dude. And they're put together, and honestly, it kind of helps that the Bruins <laughs> aren't in with them this playoffs, but Conference finals, maybe. I know. I get that. I hope that they don't. What if that was the cup, the Lightning Bruins? Oh, that would be so bad. That would be so sad for me. <laughs> um, real quick, and then uh, let's talk. Then we'll talk about that golf real quick. And I think oh, we can. We got to get, dude. I got to talk about the Bruins Islanders. Okay. Yeah. Shit. Okay. Real quick. Canes, Preds. Don't Just, care. Go, Preds. Yeah. I don't really care either, <laughs> but the, Pred, the Preds are surprised the hell out of me so far. But. Bruins oh, Island. Bruins oh, Island. Canes are good. No, I know, but the Preds have su- surprised me. Right. No, I me didn't... too. Smashville, baby. All right. All right. Boston Islanders. Nassau yeah. Coliseum. TD Garden. I don't know. What, what is there? What else is there more to say? The two teams that nobody thought was going to come to this point in the East Conference. And look where they are. I mean... It's hard, hard to pick against the bees right now. They're playing fantastic hockey. Look at Taylor Hall. Look at Craig Smith. We already talked about those guys. Look at Charlie Coyle, David Krejci. I, like I mean, come Krejci. on, you know, like that's just nuts. And then you got the Islanders. I don't even, Oh no. What? Oh, it's just a double. No big deal. Okay. Who, who hit it? Tommy fam. Oh. But Dude, I don't even know. I just, I'm excited for the bees. It's the best I felt about them in a while, probably because they aren't going to potentially face the lightning for another round, which is good. Last year, I didn't really think they were going to do much after beating the hurricanes. Um, but I don't know what, like, I got to go. I'm obviously picking the Bruins, but that's all I got, man. I don't know. I, I guess I, I don't really know what to say. So I'm going to go with the Bruins too, just based off of how they played in those last four games against the Capitals. Um, I think the thing that the Bruins have to look out for the most about the Islanders is not the raw talent because the Island, like everyone knows Islanders have some raw talent, right? Josh Matt Bailey, Barzell. Matt Barzell, Anders Lee there. I mean, there's some boys uh, that can Lee's out, but uh, yes, but there's some boys that can play on those top lines for the Islanders. That's clear. Everyone right. knows that. Yes. What the Bruins need to watch out for is getting early leads and then getting complacent like the Penguins did. Yep. And so the one thing they'll take advantage to is Tuka Rask is better than Tyler Jerry or Jari. Yeah. I don't even know if it's Tyler, but he's better than the Penguins goal. Tristan. Tristan Jari. Yeah, I knew it was a T. That's close. <laughs> but <clears throat> I think the Bruins, it, and this sounds so cliche and it sounds so easy to say, but they need to hunker down and think about what Bruins hockey is, and they should roll the Islanders with the way they've been playing. I I don't think that it needs to get overthought. I think that you uh, uh, you send a Krejci, a Marshan, a Bergeron after Barzell, after Josh Bailey. Yeah, Bergeron oh. against Barzell will be electric hockey. 
all game, uh, you know, send them out there all game, take, eliminate one of their guys that, that would, that's what I would do. Um, Cause they play, they actually play really good five man hockey. If you can take their best one out of the equation. Right. Um, well, and another thing about the Islanders, Kyle Palmieri, roster. he came over Kyle Palmieri been an absolute stud for them. I thought he was maybe going to go to the bees and then they got Taylor hall, which pretty, pretty excited about that. But Another one. So I think you look out for him. I mean, obviously he was really good with the devils and everything. And he's, he's kind of the guy I think he maybe is the difference maker for the Islanders. Um, but secondly, look at a guy like Jake DeBrusque who, you know, normally on the second line with the bees, he's been kind of back and forth with the third and second line, him and Charlie Coyle, really good combo. Again, they, they seem to be clicking at the right time. And I think that makes it really interesting. Obviously, Again, you know, you have both stadiums kind of maybe returning to almost full capacity, which I think is, you know, really good when they can do that and it gets everybody rocking. But that's kind of how I see it. So we definitely did forget to mention a few other players on the Islanders. Well, yeah, they have Clutterbuck. Uh, Brock Nelson. Brock Nelson, he's been really good this year. Cal Clutterbuck is very good. Jordan Eberle is very good. Yep. Oh, they have Gene Gabriel Pigel. Peugeot. Um, and then Anthony Bolivier is also pretty good. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm not saying that the Bruins are going to roll them because I think it'll be a cakewalk. I think the Bruins need to get out there, play physical yeah. hockey again. Cause Islanders do not play physical hockey. Uh, like f- from what I can tell their speed and skill straight up. Yeah. Okay. And I, I don't know. I like them. I, I like, I, I like, like them. The, I like the Bruins. I'm going. I think it'll be a really good series. I mean, I don't think any team is going to sweep them. I don't think it's going to be five. I think it'll be six, maybe seven. That's what I was going. I was going Bruins and six. I think it's four, four, two. I think they'll control. I think it'll be one of those series where they'll control the games that they win and the games that they don't, it'll be super close type deal, you know? But as long as they don't leave Tuka out to dry, I think, and that's what's been, honestly, that's been kind of their downfall, not scoring goals and leaving their goalie out to dry, but their decor. That'll happen. Yeah, I know, right? Oh no, but their decor seems to be, um, you know, playing good defense and not cheating up, and you know, moving the puck and snapping it tape to tape, and all those cliches and everything. And it just, I don't know, man. They look, they look like they're ready. Um. Yeah, I mean, are you are you scared at all of Borelli of the of the Borelli family? They've been going hard. No, I tell you why. We got Marie Maria, got her. We got. Fucking Dave, I guess that's probably good to have him. That's probably the uh, biggest one. <laughs> we got Ryan Whitney, obvious, for obvious reasons. You got Hank, you got Grinnell, you got RA and Fight the wild card. You got fights. Yeah, that's he's like the biggest one. And then you Coley. got the wild card. You got Coley, you got Jerry Slapshot. They've been four and oh since Jerry Slapshot appeared. Hey. I'm just saying the year of Jerry Slapshot. And then finally, you got the biz nasty in the Bruins bandwagon. So you got a very star studded crowd from the guys over at Barstool. And um, I'm excited, man. I think it's good. I really hope that they don't break my heart. I really hope that I think I picked the Oilers for my final four, but right now all my teams are still alive. The avalanche, the bees, the lightning. And I can't remember if I picked the Leafs or the Oilers or not. I hope you picked the Oilers. That'd be hilarious. Uh, but with that pick, I also do believe I said two or three episodes ago when we were kind of giving pickums, 
let's see the Oilers get out of the first round and then I'll believe it. Even though I picked them to win, I also asterisked it a little bit like, well, I don't know if they'll get out of the first round, but. So hard to pick against who they have. Right. Kind of deal, you know? Right. Uh, But anyways, that's enough for the cup for now. Um, We got to talk about the golf. Alrighty, time to jump into probably our last segment. We'll see what we'll see what happens with Wild Dan, but we got to talk about the PGA Tour: Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, Phil Mickelson, Aaron Rodgers. There's a lot. A lot happened in the golf world in like the last 48 hours. There, Tom Brady uh, as well that people don't really know how to unpack. First of all, I'd like to say, if people think that Tom Brady is coming up with these memes. You're idiots. He's got a team. I guarantee that. But this dates back to years ago. Brooks Kepka, you know, man of the people type golfer. Doesn't really, doesn't really like golfing. He's kind of open about that. He's like, yeah, I'm good at it. And I like playing majors and I like winning majors. You know, cool guy golf. Likes to drink beers and party in Vegas. Bryson comes onto the tour five, six, seven years ago and kind of a nerd wears the derby cap. That's for historical reasons. He does that after his favorite player. So that is what it is. I'm not about to knock him for that, but when he's the only one on tour doing it and he acts the way that he does, it's easy. So Brooks Kepka, a few years ago, pretty much openly complained about how slow Bryson plays, putting, preparing for shots, you know, like there's a pace yeah. to play in golf. Mm-hmm. and he pushes it i guess so they don't like each other so the other day after phil phil won the pga championship <laughs> golf channel's doing an interview with, with brooks kepka asking him about his day asking him about some things yada 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 mm-hmm. and his first initial reaction and what he starts speaking on is genuine answers and then it transitions to when you can see that he sees bryson not behind him, not the meme part yet, but you yeah. can see in his eyes when he starts to see him. Yeah. And then Brooks starts saying shit, like complaining about his own game, things that Bryson was saying on Friday night about his own, about Bryson's own game. Going, yeah. yeah, this wind was really affecting my putting. I just couldn't get the greens right. So Brooks started saying that pretty loudly. Then it seems like. Uh, Bryson said something or got close enough to Kepka that he gave the biggest eye roll and sigh that I've ever seen. Yeah, that and was awesome. Now we have a great meme for it, but holy fuck. Do you know how much you have to hate someone to give that physical of a reaction just from their presence? <laughs> yeah, he, was, he was like big mad. Like he was like, oh my God, this guy stinks. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we don't, there's not a ton to talk about really, but. I, I I do like that golf is uh, turning less of a lot of the country club is coming out of golf or going away Good, from yeah. golf. And I like that. Like me too. I, I think regular everyday, you know, I get this stuff's expensive to play with and that's a problem with the companies to begin with. That's a whole different issue, but 
I like seeing more normal people play golf. I don't like seeing the cookie cutter country club, pretty people walking around playing golf on the P even on the PGA tour. It's not yeah. relatable. Like, and if you don't love golf, you're not going to watch it. But if you have some relatable players, well, yeah, right. I mean, but if you have some relatable players or things like that, you might pay a tad more of attention, a lot easier to grow the game that way. There's some drama. Right. And there's a lot of young, uh, there's a lot, a lot of young kids between 22 and I'll call them kids, 28 years old right now. Mm-hmm. They're the new face of the golf. They're fun. They're not afraid to interact with people on the course. They're not afraid yeah. to chirp people online. They're not afraid to chirp each other while they're playing. That's good for the game. That's entertaining. Um, I like that. And then today, Jesus, Tom Brady from the fucking or Brooks Kepka from the fucking clouds memes himself or Tom Brady memes it of the Brooks Kepka Bryson thing and says Aaron Rodgers spending a day with Bryson DeChambeau and then the Bryson part Bryson just happy to be here mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Brooks quotes that and says sorry bro at Aaron Ro- I mean yeah you can't make it up to media so that's awesome bro. <laughs> it's a media frenzy sharks are in the water Maybe I think it's a lot funnier than it is, but I don't know. I just like seeing people be normal, like regular, like I I like, I really, really like, and I don't love Trevor Bauer, but he's definitely not hurting like what athletes do. Right. I like athletes not afraid to step out of the athlete seal and step into, Hey, guess what? I'm a fucking human too. You want to talk shit? Well, okay, let's go. Right. Uh, I I agree with that. Um, and then another thing real quick that I can't even believe, like we're still having this conversation, but what is going on with basketball fans? And I'm not saying it's just basketball fans, but in the last day, geez, Knicks fans, Knicks fans spit on Trey on and the dude dumping popcorn on, on Russell Westbrook. Russ, look, I will be the first person to say that I think it is awesome when you step into an arena and start chirping athletes. I think it is fair game. I think barring any racial, sexist, misogynistic, homophobic comments, I think you should let athletes fucking have it. You know what I mean? Creative. Got to be creative. You know what I'm saying? Got to say jokes that would make them turn around and go, eh, you know what? That's might be a good one. Like you eat pizza with a fork. Yeah. Like you eat fucking pizza with the fork. Yeah. But I just don't get it. There's like no, there's no place really in anywhere to ever spit on someone. Right. That's just straight up. I mean, even though it's not, not physically beating someone, there's a level of disrespect with spitting on people that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just kind of out of bounds. I mean, you don't see that happen like at all, even in like, even between athletes. And then with the Russell Westbrook thing, now, do I think that was wrong? Absolutely. Do I think it's more more wrong or less acceptable because of the scenario? Also, yes. If he right. wasn't injured on that play, like if he got kicked out of the game, if he got ejected from that game, yeah, I still think it would be wrong, but like way less wrong. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, right. But again, well, like – you can yell, fuck you, Russ, fuck you, Westbrook, as loud as you want. And there's nothing wrong with that. And he would probably agree. 
Yeah. You can't be dumping shit on people. <laughs> right. Well, and the thing that I think that sometimes fans forget is that you don't have a right to like, just because you bought a ticket doesn't give you the right to just be like, I don't want to say lawless, but like, you know, you have, it's a privilege to go to those games. I mean, clearly like yeah. we saw that with the, with the pandemic, they didn't. And I understand that that's kind of a different issue with like spreading germs and everything, but they clearly like they can operate and have athletic events without fans. I mean, we just saw that all of last year, like it's yeah. still a privilege to go there. Like you're not just getting, getting to go there and having free reign on everything you know, and I think people need to remember that. Like, yeah, you, you're paying money, but at the same time, you're not paying money to just be mean and be, it's not like downright, just a scum, scum of a human, you know? Well, and, and not just when they're off the court. I mean, when they're on the court too, but people are tough in front of the camera. People are tough on the court. People don't like getting treated like dog shit. Like, cause they just, Russell Westbrook is a human, you know what right. I mean? Like, what are we right. doing? Like, yeah, no, I mean, I, I completely agree with all you just said. I just thought that we should bring that up. I mean, that's, that's crazy to me. Um, but a little spin zone positive note about fans being back in stadiums is we get to see some all time fucking knockouts on fans hitting each other. Oh now that's one thing I am here for. I love watching people get knocked out in the stands. Now, if you're loaded and go punt someone for no reason that doesn't have it coming, not okay. But if you're having words in it, and if you're both ready to rock, I like watching people get knocked out in the stands because I think it's hilarious what you would have to come to in your own mind that a sporting event would allow yourself to kick ass or get your ass kicked. Not me. And I'm very passionate. <laughs> I'm very passionate about the teams that I like. And I could never imagine putting myself in a situation where A, someone thought that they should come punch me in the fucking head, or B, let me go over there and punch someone in the fucking head. I don't know. I, I like saying it. I think it's funny. It's wrong, but it's funny. No? I got no comment. You don't love it? No. Um, I, think I think it's kind of dumb, but because you wouldn't go up to somebody on the street if somebody's wearing a Red Sox and like if somebody's wearing a Yankees jersey, you don't go up to them on the street and go, "All right, man, like we're doing it." I guess on a, I don't know. I well, don't. Think oh that yeah, no, no, uh, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm I saying, understand. No, I know what you're saying. I'm saying I don't think that it should happen. Like I just that's where oh, I feel. Yeah. No. Again, and we don't know what's being said in these conversations. It's right. probably over nothing, which then makes it very stupid. But for the general, whatever, for the general fact of it, I like watching people get punched in stadiums. I really and, liked and the streakers are back. The I was going to say the naked nationals fan. What was up with that? So a little rain delay action. So fans were still in the concourse or whatever. Yeah. Buddy sends it out onto the field naked and does a, a slide on the tarp. And then he crawls into the tarp ring, the tarp roller. Yeah. <laughs> so we got a naked man in the middle of what a 45 foot, 50 foot tarp roller. With people, yeah. with people at either end deciding, do we crawl in and get them or do we wait it out? <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm watching the video right now. That's insane. He's just running around. What a – wow. I love oh, it. Oh, he just gets right in there. <laughs> wow. What? What's the oh, – fun? 
what what's the fine or the penalty for i'm not saying getting naked that's a whole different thing probably but even stepping foot on that field you get trespassing you get trespassing and you could potentially i mean depending on what you do if you tear up the field or something you could get property damage um if you touch a player that could be considered battery i mean yeah it's it's just a mess as jason benetti once said there's no reason to go on the field unless you don't want to spend tonight at your house. So. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely fair, but like streakers are awesome. Yeah. There's something. <laughs> yeah. Well, Spencer, that's about all I got. I don't got much more. Do you, do you have any other parting words that you would like to leave our guests or our uh, fans, listeners with? No. Other than (laughs) it's kind of like a choose your own adventure because we don't know what's going to happen. So maybe the next thing you're going to hear is. All right, folks, Wild Dan is here and it's going to be great. And you're going to really enjoy him talking about the wild. Or no, I don't have any parting words. And uh, the only thing I got to say is. If you want to be an advertising person with us and you yeah. made it this far, guess what? We'll take you probably. Oh. And two, Brian Dukes need you. When at this point we're going to need you. Three online auction for casting for kids oh, yeah. is open until the 30th. The 30th. So they bumped that back a little bit. Also, shout out to Coach Osiki. We already thanked him for having him on. Um, the event this weekend was awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people around, which was nice to see. Um, and a lot of people that came there ready to spend some cash, and that that's that's what happened. And um, the weather was fantastic, which you know means the fishing was horrible. Usually <laughs> great weather equates to bad fishing conditions. Um, that's not, you know, not what it was about. Um, right. Saw Jocko. How was Jocko doing? Saw the, the big show. dog. Didn't get a chance to talk to him, actually. We're too far apart. Just never made it happen. But um, saw Big Tone, also friend of the show. He'll probably be joining us later in the summer. He also wants to golf with us at some point, FYI. But Golf. um, Yeah, so if you, you know, any extra cash at this point, I don't, I truly don't know how high some of the auction items are going. Yeah. So uh, if you have some disposable income, I suppose, Go check those out. Castingforkids.com. Goes to a great cause. Goes to the Carbone Cancer Center in Madison and the American Family Children's Hospital. You you know the drill. Um, so Oz, thanks for putting that event on. That means a lot. Or at least from us, it does. But thanks for listening to Big Thoughts. For Spencer, for Peter, who's not here, for Wild Dan, who might be here, who might not be here. Thanks for listening uh, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at B1G Thoughts. And check out Down and Back Stitches. Down and Back Stitches. Got to check it out. But thank you. Go Cubs. Can't not. Go Bees. Go Bruins. I know.